Welcome everyone to the Watchmen podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official unofficial podcast for Watchmen on HBO. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. The Watchmen podcast by Fantastic Geek revisits chapter nine, the darkness of mere being. Pete, we are but two days away from seeing the Watchmen pilot at New York Comic Con. Very excited to see that, to see the panel, to be amidst the New York Comic Con craziness and hoping to see listeners and pals alike while there. So looking forward to bringing that all to you. So if you're not going to get a chance to get to NYCC this particular year, we got you covered. Pete, now, when we break down having seen the pilot, it won't be blow by blow. We're not going to be sharing every little secret. There's always black-clad Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., either in reality or in spirit, at any panel, Marvel, DC, whatever it might be. Uh, but we'll definitely be digging into that panel in the coming days. When will we be updating the podcast feed to talk Watchmen at NYCC? We will be looking to bring that to you on Sunday, October 6th. That, along with the big Star Trek Universe panel, both Star Trek Picard, Star Trek Discovery represented, bring you all of that, update all those feeds, as well as all the geeky goodness coming out of old NYCC. Well, with that, Pete, will bring the focus back to today, where we are talking Chapter 9 of the graphic novel. My summary from the wiki at watchmen.fandom.com is as follows. The opening image, an open bottle of nostalgia cologne tumbling against a starry backdrop. Dr. Manhattan transports Laurie with him to his crystal palace on Mars. His reflections on time are coupled with Laurie flashing back to key moments of her life. Through reflecting on troubles as a child, a teen, an early adventurer, as an adult, she realizes for the first time that the comedian's rape of Sally Jupiter resulted in Laurie's conception. Dr. Manhattan is surprised by Laurie's humanity, something which he has largely forgotten in himself. At the chapter's conclusion, he prepares for both of them to return home. The closing quotation, as far as we can discern, the sole purpose of human existence is to kindle a light of meaning in the darkness of mere being. That, of course, from Carl Jung, Memories, Dreams, Reflections. And the attached document, Pete, a section from Sally Jupiter's collections of newspaper clippings, and letters from her career as Silk Spectre 1. Super ethereal as a chapter, and we go from the detachment of Dr. Manhattan uh, teleporting Lori, forgetting to create the oxygen barrier for her uh, to the point where she's blinking out on us, to the disclosure that she comes to realize that uh, Edward Blake was indeed her father um, and the self-loathing that comes with that to the ultimate comfort from the strangest possible source, this detached former human to point out that, you know, of, of all the uh, of all the cantinas in all the worlds, uh, Eddie Blake had to step into his mom's and result in Lori's creation. The summary of this chapter, uh, aside from what was just read, kind of the, the through line is a simple enough one 
you then add to it the visuals this you know this crystal palace here which by and large is a writerly and uh, and a visual flourish uh it of course shatters as she emotionally shatters and that sort of thing um it shouldn't none of this should work as well as it does and ultimately that's a credit to alan moore and dave gibbons because there's a real there's a real sense of dr manhattan's timelessness in this you also get kind of this hyper real you know light bulb going off this terrible light bulb of laurie realizing and it's not it's not overdone it's rendered so cinematically having the dialogue repeat and kind of close in on itself to to sharpen the message and sharpen the message. It's just an astonishing narrative achievement, this chapter. Yeah, and would have been a little on the nose to uh, create a house of cards. Um, and though he creates, like you say, this crystal palace here, and then the film takes the representation a little bit further, they make it like some sort of, timepiece um the idea is still carried across that this is fragile much like the fragility of humanity um but what does it take to create this delicate thing out of glass we we start with the the martian sand we add dr manhattan's powers and what results is something rare and special, but something that ultimately breaks nonetheless. It's almost like, Matt, I, I heard somebody once say, everything ends. I mean, you've certainly hit the nail on the head. Then you bring to it the attached documents, which to my mind are, if not for the gut punch of Lori's revelation uh, in the chapter proper, the the attached documents could be almost better than the rest of the chapter starting out with this you know 1940s era schmaltzy optimistic you know uh vivacious vigilante and that kind of thing and the handwritten <laughs> villains note. five of voluptuous vigilante <laughs> yeah and kind of that you know that kind of playful that playful language that playful presentation the really warm note from king taylor who wants to make the movie uh so you have that as a certain starting point then this letter written by Captain Metropolis, uh, Captain Metropolis, delivered by the totally unrelated uh, Nelson Gardner, who's the former uh, the, the former Marine Lieutenant here. Pete, no one would ever think that they are one and the same. Um, <laughs> and that kind of having this bouncy optimism that we've seen before. Then you get to this, you know, note from uh, from Larry. Of course, going to be the husband uh, of Sally. But in his note, you get all this stuff of, you know, intrigue, relationship between between uh, Hooded Justice and Captain Metropolis and how uh, Sally has been covering for that, acting as the girlfriend of Hooded Justice. And there's just all this intrigue here. And that's before the final page, Pete. Does a hooded character need a beard? <laughs> well... Uh, I suppose in what is this in the late 1940s uh, the, the answer is yes um, I'll mention too that on that page you finally have the uh, the release of the Silk Spectre movie once you know so optimistic now released as Silk Swingers of Suburbia <laughs> and just this terrible review calling it basically pornography and 
you know, you see the decline in Sally's life in these pages before you get to that to that last page, which makes things even worse. The item about the potential um, Silk Spectre hooded justice item, uh, you know, wedding bells not far behind just seems so of an age, though masked vigilantes do not exist in our world, you could completely see this happening. Oh, absolutely. And this, of course, the, the, you know, the steak years, you then get to the salad years as you get to that last page. Uh, this is an interview from 1976. So again, you know, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 years before uh, the, the current time in the, uh, in the rest of the book. And, you get hit in the face with that poll quote that's on the bottom uh, from Sally Jupiter, of course. You know, rape is rape and there's no excuse for it. Absolutely none. But for me, I felt I felt like I'd contributed to it in some way. Pete, this is a statement that could have been problematic in a comic book written by two men in the 1980s. Uh, could be problematic now. I dare say through mine masculine eyes, they are not they're not using this quote lightly. They're not showing the slow decay of Sally Jupiter lightly. I think that the way this attached document is looking at sexual assault and what we would now call the Me Too movement and things like that, I think it stands up remarkably well. And it's a twist that I believe when people read it, they don't see coming, but at the same time is believable. Um, You know, Eddie Blake being confronted by Lori in this flashback and her putting all the pieces together, courtesy of a character who's seen all of human existence, if he so chooses to, and not telling her, but helping her to realize that. So functioning on as the guide, if you will, this is, this is Caron helping her, uh, you know, uh, pass across the, the sticks of her memory and uh, the realization it, it breaks her, but she finds new resolve as a result of it. And you know what? For all the timey-wimeyness that we've gotten in other chapters, particularly those involving Dr. Manhattan, this chapter laid out pretty you know, pretty chronologically, yeah, there's some flourishes of, let's say, the falling nostalgia bottle, which, you know, technically is uh, out of time if you look at it from a from a strict past, present, future direction. But, you know, to kind of go from the uh, the young Lori, uh, you know, in, in the room breaking the, the snow globe to teen Lori to older and so on and so forth, this is an important chapter. This is a chapter where, you know, it's a big revelation. It's a big character moment. It's a chapter that largely abandons the overall thread of the book, which is who's killing these costumed vigilantes. Uh, It abandons that for character reasons, which is a great, (laughs) the greatest of reasons to abandon, you know, expositional plot. And it's presented in a way that isn't monkeying around with, you know, I am in past and I'm in the future and so on and so forth. And it just kind of lays it out still unique to the world of Watchmen, but just lays it out fairly chronologically in a way that makes sense. 
And in a way that setting helps to tell a story, it would be one thing to just set it on Mars. They go there, they're detached from the rest of humanity, and they can finally have this important conversation that's been hinted at. But on top of that, to put it in this, you know, strange construction of Manhattan's to, uh, to stick Lori in the oxygen bubble twofold, one so, so that she can breathe, and two so that on page 13 of the chapter she can light up her uh, strange 1980s alternate universe meth pipe. Well, for all that kind of weird sci-fi comic book presentation, we then have on page 20 something that I think speaks particularly well to our age, this kind of you know inside-the-beltway talk um, you know, about the Post reporters, Woodward, and what's his name, Bernstein. They've been found in a garage, dead, uh, is, the, uh, is the implication there. The newspapers are yelling conspiracy. Uh, you know, kind of these, these knowing jokes of, you know, don't, worry, don't ask where I was when I heard about JFK and all that, which the, you know, the movie shows you. Here you have it kind of told. But bottom line is, I don't know, you have this very, you know, the powerful keeping the powerful going, the anti-journalism anti, uh, perspective and things of that sort. And, you know, unfortunately that happens to ring pretty pertinent nowadays. And that Laurie goes off at this party that she confronts him, that she's speaking about it in flashback. She had too much to drink. Um, she's angry. She's had enough of you know her mom's nonsense and it's finally time to uh you know let blake have it and then to to tear the conversation one her with uh the comedian and then two her with dr manhattan coming to all of this realization really expertly plotted oh i mean it's it's wonderfully plotted here uh, again, you have these two tensions of the the weird and the comic booky, and also the desire to tell a story with a pretty understandable, achievable through line. And Morin Gibbons just nail it perfectly. And you know, I love the detail about thirteen-year-old Lori attempting to read Hollis Mason's, you know, Uncle Hollis's book. I I wonder why she wasn't allowed to read it at the time. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I, on the one hand, is it a plot convenience that, you know, of course he should know she shouldn't read it? Do you dig deeper and say maybe he's trying to tell her something there? Uh, it can be both. It can be neither. Um, you know, if the conversation doesn't happen, then you don't get to see that conflict there, of course. I mean, this is such a rich chapter for all of that, you know, somewhat simple narrative through line to have that reunion there to have uh who i'm assuming is the uh the the mentally damaged moth man who's brought over by two handlers you know uh just soda only or club soda whatever it is you know no alcohol for him he's not sure where he is what's going on this this is a chapter that shows that this is a full universe that the story takes place in we just happen to see 12 little chapters that take place in a short period of time in that universe Help me to learn that people that travel in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. <laughs> well, 
well, <laughs> truer words were never spoken, I guess doubly so on Mars. Luckily, Pete, our house is built on a strong foundation. That's the people who visit patreon.com slash fantasticgeek, helping us with those real-world costs that we have, uh, bandwidth, storage, etc. And we are so appreciative that they help keep our podcasts ongoing and uh, perpetuating in the past, the present, and the future. Can't break us, Matt, with the people of patreon.com slash fantasticgeek. You always help put a smile on our faces and possibly Mars. Indeed, Pete. So thanks, as always, to everyone who goes to patreon.com slash fantasticgeek. All sorts of perks there. But Pete, the best perk, it's a freebie. It's talking to you on Twitter. How can people do so? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 10,672 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast, comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with a PH, all one word, like it today. Well, Pete, we will be back in the coming days. Definitely looking forward to talking HBO's Watchmen uh, on the podcast in short order as well. But for now, I will say adios to all the listeners and give you the final word. We gaze continually at the world and it grows dull in our perceptions. Yet seen from another's vantage point, as if new, it may still take the breath away.